What's So with Coco Mulder, and um, I am telling you today, it is a beautiful 61 degrees, and I say beautiful because when you wake up in Michigan and it's 61, you can't get uh, any better because the temperature is probably going to be rising. So it's 8.59, and I am definitely heading into... Um, well, I'm not heading into work because I actually went to already went to one office and now I'm heading to uh, another office, but that's neither here nor there. So what's up with Miss Coco today? I'm talking about parenting um, and, and in the sense of guardianship and I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a person that's involved in the court system or anything like that, but in my day-to-day -day, uh, encounters, I do have a lot of people who require behavioral health support because they either are part of the system, they have children or grandchildren in the system, or um, trying to avoid them becoming a part of the system, if that makes sense. So anywho, I'm just going to talk in general about, you know, parenting and, okay, here's the thing. There is no book that you get when you have a child about how to be a parent. Now you can get books and you can read books, but there essentially is not a book that is going to tell you how to parent your children in particular. And I say that because every child that comes into this world is a completely different human being. And as parents, you know, you have to adjust according to what God or whatever your belief is provides for you in those children. And so um, this week I have been watching this particular um family deal with parenting and I've been watching just in my interactions with my own children the difficulty in parenting and so I read an article on, on LinkedIn uh, uh, the day before and I actually shared it <clears throat> with some of my friends <clears throat> who have children as I do and then you have those children who are overly intelligent at a young age right and what do you do with those kids right so I have two children, and both of them, at the, around the same age, were around, had the same uh, sensibilities and accountabilities and, and relationships to schooling and how they thought school should be and all that kind of good stuff. And it's been interesting to watch the older one, who's now in middle school, and my younger one, who's in lower L, uh, deal with learning. My oldest was very unobtrusive you know the teacher give it to him great I get it and move on my youngest ponders oh that's interesting that you're teaching me that but what about this that's interesting that we're learning that but couldn't it be this way or and eh, I already know about that so I'm gonna check out because obviously I'm bored because I know this already and so We've been really working with the youngest to concentrate more on the subject matter at hand. Because in her mind, if she already knows it, then why are we still talking about it? And why don't other kids know this? And in one sense, if you are not an expert teacher, or I call them um, a master teacher, 
that could probably get on your everlasting nerves. And so she actually is in the classroom with a master teacher. And so she gets it that there are kids who are um, already, as we say, who have been here once before. And um, you've got to really nurture those children as well. I think a lot of times people spend a lot of time on the children who are disruptive, on the children who just can't get it, on the children who, you know, are, for lack of better words, the class clowns or the entertainers in the classroom, or they just, you know, they disrupt to a level that it takes away from the other kids. And on that other spectrum, you have children who are the opposite, who are overly intelligent, who are engaged in learning, who really want to you know, understand the things that the teacher is expressing to them and exposing to them in the classroom. And they can be overlooked. But what if you have a whole classroom of kids like that? Then the sky's the limit. You can do and you can teach and you can engage and you can ingrain in those particular kids even more knowledge. Well, then you have those children who are in the middle. So as parents... What are we doing? Like, how do you balance that in the house, in the school, in sports? Like, for example, my daughter really, really, really likes softball. She likes the idea of softball. She likes the mechanics of softball. She likes, you know, throw the ball this way and hit the ball that way. And, you know, we run this way and we point our finger and then boom, we take off, right? The mechanics of the sport. So we put her in softball. Now what she does not like is the teaching of softball. The watching of other kids trying to get it and understand it. And mind you, she is not, you know, like the greatest softball player. However, she does not like the la-la-loopsy of it. The, okay, all right, everybody in your spots. Okay, all right, okay, you need to tell me what I'm supposed to do. Don't expect that I know how to do it because I don't know how to do it. She is that kind of kid. My son, on the other hand, is, coach, tell me what to do. I'm going to do it. All right, let's do that. All right, let's make the adjustment. Great, no problem, fine. And he was that way as well when he was her age. Now that he's older, it's a lot easier. So what am I talking about today, y'all? You have got to find a way to parent your children similarly yet differently because they are completely different human beings. Some of us will have children who have it together. Some of us will have children who are just figuring it out. Some of us will have children who are in early stage or late stage puberty and they don't know what the heck is going on because their hormones are off the chart. Some of us will have kids who will be on top and then they'll falter because, of course, their home hormones kick in and school sucks and they don't want to be bothered and then they'll, they'll figure it out. Our job is to nurture and support, not to browbeat and discourage, to give them a reason to work hard because essentially... As I was reading another article, it was saying that children who came up 30, 40 years ago, and we talk about intelligent tests, and we look at IQ tests, and, you know, developmental tests, the things that children were not exposed to back then, 
these children are exposed to now. And so these intelligence tests can kind of be obsolete because of the number of exposures that children have now. Many of these children, I'm not saying all, are really raising themselves because essentially the internet and television and uh, gadgets are more engaging than human beings talking to you about how was your day and what did you get out of it and what do you want to be when you grow up. No. These kids are looking at solving problems on a whole different level and the challenge of problem solving. There's no tree climbing and running outside and, you know, and using your imagination to be creative. And so as parents, we still got to, like, encourage that in kids. Like, let's go outside. Sit down. Let's look at the clouds and use our imagination for a minute. You know, let's go plant a seed and see if the seed grows. Right? I just spent the other day peeling an avocado with my daughter because she wants to plant an avocado seed and so we of course went to the internet and we got the google machine out and we she had me watching youtube videos of uh these guys who you know take odd seeds and show you how to grow them and we watched that video and we we followed the video to the t because that was what her request was and we put our little seed in a jar and all this kind of good stuff and now we have two avocado seeds in water waiting to germinate and it's cool because hey whatever it takes to engage my daughter or my son in science and math and and reading and writing and arithmetic or whatever it cursive all of these things somebody has to encourage them to do it and do it well And it should not have to start when they get to school because you all know the educational system in the United States sucks monkey balls. It is in a world of trouble. We are not the elite when it comes to education in terms of our young people. Now you talk about the elite in terms of um, secondary and, and, and tertiary learning as your colleges, your masters, your doctorates, things like that. Great, yeah. However... Our younger generations that are in elementary, pre-elementary, and, and uh, high school and middle school, our educational system is in a world of trouble. So I'm saying this to say, your human being that you are accountable for, that you are responsible for, and I will say this to any parent, it is not a one-size-fits-all situation. Not not by any means and so you have to find ways to motivate encourage uplift even the worst of the worst children because they don't know what they do you know we have we talk about adverse childhood experiences you know we look at the things that children are exposed to the traumas that they incur that shoot we incur those things matter as people become adults. If you want to know why you're having a heart attack at 39, take a look at what happened in your childhood. I can guarantee you there were four or five, you know, on an ACES survey that would tell you why at 39 you're having a heart attack or why you have diabetes. 
because these adverse childhood experiences or these things, these traumas that young people incur when they're younger impacts what happens to them as adults. And so we have to be careful of giving children heartaches. And that's exactly what they have is heartaches because a lot of times they don't understand why adults do what they do. And trust me, they're trying to figure it out. Whether a parent is going through a divorce, whether a child is being, you know, separated from his mother, whether the grandmothers and grandfathers are raising their grandchildren, and we have generational uh, disproportionate relationships of grandparents now raising their grandchildren. Uh, we look at the media and, and what the media portrays. Uh, we look at the, the number of, you know, violent acts that is portrayed in the news that parents watch the news in front of their children. I mean, it's just all kinds of things that we don't see as traumatic. And in fact, they are. And kids ask questions and we tell them, don't ask me questions. We don't allow them to have full expression, you know, freedom of expression. And that expression is not to be disrespectful or disruptive. It's us training them to be comfortable expressing themselves in a manner in which they can be heard. It's not difficult. You can be seen and heard as a child. And a lot of times we've come from generations of, you know, children should be seen and not heard. And I just beg to differ. That's why we have all of these issues with sexual misconduct and sexual abuse and all of these kind of things because we constantly barrage kids with saying, don't be a tattletale. <laughs> don't say anything. Or keep that family secret. And it's craziness. It's craziness. And I use craziness very lightly. It's just madness that you would think to have somebody cover up a trauma that will probably impact them for the rest of their lives. It just makes absolutely no sense. So, if you are a person who, one, is a parent, two, is an educator, three, has an opportunity to mentor young people, and young people range in age because even college kids need mentors and people to look up to or to reach out to to make sure they're, you know, doing the right things or on the right paths and you know if you are somebody who inspires other people or especially children or young young people I encourage you to continue to do that you don't have to be a birth parent to parent you don't you can be a motivator mentor inspiration guider I mean just you could do so many great things for young people a parent is just a title. Being a parent is a title. So when I'm talking to parents who are having difficulties with their young people, I always tell them that there is no perfect parent, just like there's no perfect child. Because we weren't born into this world perfect. We just weren't. We were born into this world with free will, and that free will determines how we are and what we become in terms of our humanity. So, what So of Miss Coco is that, you know, as I go through my days, as I work with human beings, these are some of the things that come across in my thought pattern. And if you know a parent that's struggling and they're not, you know, doing things, you know, that in your mind would give that child a chance 
in adulthood, I just encourage you to maybe step in a little bit and become that parent's mentor. Because as hard as I try, there are some parents who just are not very good at it and they need help. And stepping in here or there may give the that child an opportunity to not fall into the stereotypical patterns of, you know, childhood neglect and, and ignorance and and all of that brouhaha. So have a great day, everybody. That's what's so with Coco Mulder. As always, choose to do a random act of kindness and you all be well.